you were made to count. You have a drive for significance that was placed within you by God himself. You want the world to be a different place because you lived on it. And that's not egotism. That's a real good thing from God. And what I want to talk with you about today for a few moments is what might be called toxic passivity and one of the great obstacles to living a life that really matters. We are, um, in a phrase that I will, others of us will sometimes use the fellowship of the withered hand. I can't. God can. I think I'll let him. We know that we depend on God in our lives. Uh, I was reminded of that over these last few days. We invited folks to send in prayer requests, and I was so moved by the ones that uh, came to me. We depend on God. I can't. And that attitude of surrender is fundamental to the spiritual life. It is the first step. We never get beyond it. Sometimes it can actually get misused and become a different uh, orientation or posture altogether, passivity. Uh, centuries ago, this was actually kind of a spiritual movement called quietism, particularly in Spain and in Italy in the late 1700s, this idea that um, uh, spiritual maturity or the reception of grace requires basically inactivity. And I am just to be passive and allow whatever happens to happen. And that is not true. Um, I am to surrender my ego to God. I am asked for his will to be done in my life. But God gives me energy. God gives me a body. God gives me spirit. God gives me the ability to do things, to initiate, create, to be accountable is part of God's will for my life that I am actually to seek to follow. And so we are called to be tremendously creative, responsible, accountable people. And sometimes people use spiritual language or lead spiritual lives in ways that do not acknowledge this. I think about an organization on the East Coast, relief organization, um, where they had real problems with the leader that was there, but they were very passive, didn't address leaders, uh, leadership issues. That was a train wreck. Finally, everybody recognized it. That leader left. And then it took them forever to find another leader. But anytime they were talking about that, all they would say is, we just trust God's timing for our organization. What they didn't say was the truth, which is there's real dynamics of unhealthier. We had real patterns, bad patterns of uh, leadership that were involved in what we were doing before. Those need to get cleaned up. Until they do, people aren't gonna actually wanna come here and work here, so we gotta address that stuff. Things that, if they were just honest, let alone spiritual, they would be saying. Or, I think about somebody who has no particular goals for his life, um, he's not acting on dreams, he drifts, Whatever happens, happens. And then his comment on that is, I, I'm just open to whatever God's will for my life is. No, that is not openness to God's will. That is toxic passivity. There's a story that's been around forever. You will think you've heard it, but you have not. So do not tune out. There's a great flood coming. Man's in his house and the law enforcement people come and say, sir, bad flood coming. We'll help you get out of here. No, no, no. God said he'll take care of me. And the flood comes and it's getting worse and he has to go upstairs because the basement, the bottom floor is flooded and somebody comes by in a rowboat. We'll save you. No, no, no. God will take care of me. Ends up having to go on the roof of his house. A helicopter comes. They call down. Let us take you to safety. No, no, no. God will take care of me. What do you think happened to that man? He drowned because he was stupid. 
He didn't do the things that any normal person would recognize they need to do to be saved. Often that story is told as if then God has a profound conversation with this man about the nature of divine intervention and how to perceive it. No, 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 no. Life doesn't work that way. I haven't had that kind of thing. If you don't take action that's wise, you reap what you sow. That's generally the way that life works, the way that life works. Now, I cannot save myself. There are all kinds of things for myself that I am unable to do. But at the same time, God has given you a little kingdom. And if there is something you are able to do within your little kingdom, then the basic idea is you do that. If there are weeds in your yard, don't pray, oh, God, deliver me from these weeds. Go pull the weeds. Now, you might want to pray while you're pulling the weeds. You might want to remember Genesis chapter 3, where because of the sin of Adam, God says the ground now is going to produce thorns and thistles, and you might want to curse the thorns and thistles, or you might want to ask God for help or a good attitude. But as a general rule, if weeds come, pull them. Don't just pray about them. If there's a test coming up, don't just pray about the test. Actually study for the test. Now, ask God to help you do that. But then don't expect a different outcome. Another famous story been around for a long time. Somebody um, prays, oh, God, let Cleveland be the capital of Ohio, because that's what I put down on the test. I was thinking about the right kind of surrender and the wrong kind of surrender. Quite recently, Nancy and I went to the ocean because in California it was 147 degrees. And so everybody went to the ocean to try to cool down. And there was a parking lot that was just packed. Plenty of parking a block or two inland. But there were people who were so passive, so lazy, they would sit in their car in a jam-packed parking lot, frustrating other folks, waiting for 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes for a stupid parking space so that they would not have to walk one block extra. All right, now, that's just passivity. On the other hand, if they thought somebody else was going to take one of their parking spaces, they might try to grab it. That's willfulness. And the idea of genuine spiritual surrender is that it's combined with offering my best energy, my best creativity, my best ingenuity to God on the one hand. So it's not toxic passivity at all. I'm willing to walk. I'm willing to expend energy. I look forward to doing that in life. And yet at the same time, I surrender my ego. Now, there are people who believe deeply in the cult of the will. And they say, you can do it. If you dream it, if you achieve it, you just hustle. You do more, you do more, you do more. And what they do not recognize is the damage that is done in our world by the unsurrendered will. This is mine, and this is mine, and this is mine, and this is mine. I will take it. So when you go to park a car, you might actually, uh, if you're living in the kingdom, offer a parking space to that other person as a gesture of love in the trust and confidence that God will be with you and will enable you to find a place to park and give you the energy to walk there. There is a poem that I love I won, uh, uh, that I've mentioned before. Um, it's by Wordsworth, the Psalm of Life. And it was actually written uh, shortly after the death of his wife. Tell me not in mournful numbers, life is but an empty dream. For the soul is dead that slumbers, and things are not what they seem. And there's one verse in that psalm I had never noticed before till getting ready to talk with you about this. 
um, not enjoyment and not sorrow is our destined end or way, but to act that each tomorrow find us farther than today. My goal is not to try to engineer a certain, particularly a pleasant or stress-free experience. My goal is to act as God gives me the grace to act. Grace is not opposed to effort, Dallas Willard would often say. It's opposed to earning. And very often God's grace comes to me in the form of the power and the courage to take the action that God wants me to take. Let us then be up and doing with a heart for any fate, still achieving, still pursuing, learn to labor and to wait. So today, I can't. I'm not in control of the universe. My job is not to grab and serve my ego. I can't control any other person. I'm not in charge of outcomes. I can't. He can. I think I'll let him. I think I will turn my life and my will over to him. I will use whatever energies God gives me, whatever talents, whatever time, whatever creativity. Today, let somebody else have the parking space. Today, use my time at some point in a creative way to serve somebody else. Use my money at some point in a creative way to serve somebody else. Today, do something. Stretch just a little bit. Learn something. Read something. Have a conversation with somebody. Today, offer God a strong, creative, initiating, surrendered, ego-crucifying will. Make the day count. Thanks for joining us here at becomenew.me. If you'd like to receive the daily emails that go along with each video, let us know at becomenew.me at gmail.com. Or if you want prayer, you can text us at 855-888-0444.